the level of talent and experience we have on this team, that's not a game that we should go out and lose. Um, so I feel, I feel like the Jets are going to feel the wrath of the Bills just trying to get back on track and and really come out fired up. You're now listening to the Wandering Buffalo podcast with your hosts Andrew Chang and Justin Goddard. Yeah. Welcome into tonight's episode of the Wandering Buffalo podcast, a show on the Built-in Buffalo network. My name is Justin. I'll be your host for this evening. Um, due to a little scheduling snafu, we're without Andrew tonight. But we're going to go ahead and give you a little game preview of the matchup between the Bills and the 2-6 and six Jets. Um, but before we get started, like I said, you can find us on the Built-in Buffalo network, as well as some other great shows. Um, the network has content coming out seven days a week, so there's always going to be something you like. If you want to find our show, you can find us on any social media pod, on any social media platforms, podcast networks, and even on YouTube by searching The Wandering Buffalo. Um, so we're going to get right into it tonight, looking ahead to the 2-6 uh, and six Jets. Um, the game will be played on Sunday at 1 o'clock in New Jersey, uh, not New York. There's only one New York team. That's Buffalo Bills. Uh, this is going to be the first division game we play that's not the Miami Dolphins. So a big game coming up this Sunday to really solidify our place in the division. Um, so we're going to get right into the matchup. And, of course, that starts with the quarterbacks. Um, the big two that we're talking about here is Zach Wilson and Mike White. Um, both of them are kind of struggling through some injuries right now, so... Kind of remains right now up in the air which quarterback we will see on Sunday. Um, Zach Wilson has had, you know, kind of a bumpy start to his rookie year. Um, Big aspirations for him being a high draft pick in the 2021 draft. Um, Thus far, he has four touchdowns to nine interceptions. Um, And honestly, if we're looking at who we're going to be playing on Sunday, I think you know, Zach Wilson is really going to struggle with the defenses that Leslie Frazier and Sean McDermott are, are able to put together to to really confuse and give young quarterbacks a hard time. Um, then, of course, we have the legend Mike White. Made a real name for himself in five quarters of action. And he looks really good. He led the NFL in passing um, two weeks ago and started out this past weekend pretty strong against the Colts. Uh, of course, left with an injury. Um, so it, it kind of remains to be seen which one is going to suit up this Sunday. Um, my personal opinion right now, Zach Wilson has the much higher ceiling. I think he still has the tools to be able to develop into a really good NFL quarterback. But as it stands right now, I think Mike White is giving them um, more of the kind of veteran leadership, the the quarterback savvy of taking the profits from the defense and being able to t- to take what's in front of him. Um, Zach Wilson still, to me, looks like you know he's going for it all on every play. Um, so some of that underneath stuff, some of the checkdowns, are not really the, s- the type of plays that he's finding himself into. Um, he's a quarterback that's great out- outside of structure. When the first play breaks down, he's able to find the secondary uh, weapons and, and kind of make something out of nothing. Um, but as far as you know, just standing in the pocket and 
delivering play after play. I, I think Mike Mike White has the advantage on that right now. Um, so this kind of reminds me of the um, the situation in the first game against the Dolphins where Tua goes out and Brissett comes in, and I immediately get worried because I I think Brissett gave them the better chance to win in that game. And I think that's I think that's a similar situation in this game where. You know, Wilson might be the future of the franchise, but but right now for this week's matchup, I think Mike White kind of puts them in a bit better position to win. Um, on to the running backs. You got Michael Carter back there. He's a guy that I really liked coming out of this year's draft. Ty Johnson, Tevin Coleman, LaMichael Pirine. And thus far, Michael Carter's had a pretty good rookie season, kind of been a bright spot with that team. Um, so far, he has 86 attempts for 328 yards, uh, 3.8 yard, 3. yard average. Um, but where I really think he's having the positive impact on the team is he's also contributing in the past game. Uh, he's got 27 receptions thus far for 263 yards, giving him an average of 9.7 yards per catch. Um, and Ty Johnson kind of looks similar in, in the rushing stats there, albeit on less carries. Um, he's coming in at 3.5 yards per attempt on 39 carries, and he's also adding value in the passing game with 227 yards on 19 catches. Um, so both those running backs, you know, if, if they can get a little push up front, they, they have the capability of making plays. Uh, I think Michael Carter's going to be a little bit more of your more dynamic weapon. Um, but Ty Johnson's in there too, and and he's making an impact. Um, and both of them, it's kind of like the quarterback's best friend is the the tight end and the screen passes and the swing passes to the running backs. You know, if you're able to shut down the receivers on the back end, these are guys that are are really going to help them out in the passing game when when nothing else is really developing. So, two guys to really look out for. And then you also have Tevin Coleman in the mix. Hasn't had much of an impact on the team, um, not not seeing as much action, but he's still bringing in an average carry of about three three and a half yards as well. Um, just doesn't get this, the same amount of touches as the other two guys. And then LaMichael Pirine, he's been pretty much a non-factor for the Jets so far this year. Uh, moving into the receiving core, they have some guys here, and I think it's kind of a pretty solid group if they're able to put a little bit better quarterback play around them. Um, you got Corey Davis, Jamison Crowder, Elijah Moore, Keelan Cole, Denzel Mims, Braxton Berrios, and then Jeff Smith. Um, and overall, I think, I think it's a pretty solid group. Like I said, Corey Davis is a guy that I would love that move if any other team did it, but I was really upset that he went to the Jets uh, I think if they have any semblance of good quarterback play, Corey Davis is that true number one type receiver. Uh, he's got the speed. He can get physical. Um, he'll catch the 50-50 balls. He knows how to beat coverages. Um, so I feel like he's having a decent season so far. The number that really pops off the page to me is that he has pulled down four touchdowns so far this season. And despite battling some injuries, he's still contributed 24 catches, 349 yards. So, you know, not numbers that are really jumping off the page astonishing, but 
for being with a rookie quarterback than a backup quarterback in battling injuries. He's definitely making his impact felt in his first year with the Jets. Jamison Crowder, kind of one of those slot guys. I've actually always really liked him as a player. I think he's a nice possession-type receiver. He finds ways to get open for the quarterback. Um, you, you always see him kind of making those third-down plays when the outside guys are covered up, and he finds a spot to sit down in the zone and, and get some run after the catch. Um, I feel like he's having a, a pretty decent year, but again, with the young quarterback and some of the struggles that they're having there, um, I was expecting some bigger numbers from him this year. Thus far, he has 28 catches, 241 yards, and a touchdown. Um, so again, nothing crazy, but definitely a weapon there, and, and he's been pretty solid with the Jets for a few years now. Um, so definitely a guy that we're watching out for, um, especially if you get in a situation where Taron Johnson can't go this week. Um, as of right now, he's still going through the concussion protocol, so kind of up in the air on whether or not we'll have him available for Sunday's game. Elijah Moore was a guy that I was really excited to talk to Andrew about. We'll have to get his thoughts in the post game. Um, but a guy that when we go back to the draft episodes that we were doing, Andrew was constantly mocking to the Bills. He he wanted that that speed dynamic, that weapon to groom while we still had a stable of receivers. And um, so far, he's he's having a pretty good season. 22 catches, 230 yards, and two touchdowns. Um now, a lot of that did come in the last game against the Colts. Um, he hauled down two touchdowns and I believe it was 84 yards in that game. Um, so kind of to be seen if this was, you know, kind of a blip on the radar for his rookie season or if he's trending in the upward direction. And that th- these are the type of games that we see from him going forward. Uh, I definitely think he has the talent and athleticism to be you know, a true 1A, 1B combination with Corey Davis. And when you sprinkle in some of these other ancillary weapons they have here, uh, we're not going to touch on all of them, but they have the makings to have a a pretty good receiving core. And the last one I'm going to touch on right now is Denzel Mims, um, who was a second-round pick last year. I'm sorry, in 2020. And he's kind of been a disappointment for the team so far. And he's had his moments where he's flashed. And look, the talent's there. You know, people don't go in the second round for no reason. Um, he certainly has the talent to be an NFL receiver. And I just feel organizationally, they haven't done much to help him out. You know, you go from young Sam Darnold, who's kind of underachieving, and you have Adam Gase in the building, and all the struggles that the team is having. And then all of a sudden you flip the script. Now you have a new rookie quarterback, Zach Wilson. You've added some receivers ahead of him. It just seems like he's kind of had an uphill climb and and hasn't really been able to to make his presence felt. Um, He is a guy that I'm looking out for this weekend um, just because he does have that speed that can take the top off of a defense. And despite the Bills not having, you know, freak athletes, in the secondary, um, we tend to do a really good job of eliminating deep shots. Um, so not somebody that I'm overly threatened by, um, but the type that, you know, if he gets some space and you can hit him on a deep ball, 
can have a quick quick flip uh, impact on the game. Their tight end room, not really anything that's turned in my head here. They have uh, Ryan Griffin, Trayvon Wesco, and of course former Buffalo Bill Tyler Croft. Um, Ryan Griffin, I, I feel like he's an he's an okay NFL tight end. Uh, I don't think he's you know any sort of world beater. Um, for what it's worth, Tyler Croft, when he was in Buffalo, I, I actually did like him, and there started to be, you know, him being inactive and him not seeing the field. I always kind of liked him for for the role that he had on the team of just kind of being that consistent veteran. Um, now he did battle a lot of injuries in Buffalo. Um, but when he got his opportunities on like third and third and four, second and short, you know, he was consistently in the right spot and he had pretty sure hands and when the ball came to him, you could count on him to make the right play. Um, so he's a guy that in, in the Jets games that I've watched here, I've seen him flash here and there for them. And just in general, the tight end room, even when they're not you know, the quote-unquote best tight ends in the league. It's always somebody I'm I'm watching out for in our matchups just because of how long we've struggled with matching up with tight ends. Uh, it seems like we've, we've done a better job of it this year, um, but always something I'm keeping my eye on. As we move into the offensive line, this is, this is kind of an area where I was expecting to be more of a strength for them and this is kind of the the part where we start getting into some of the injuries that have plagued the Jets. Um, of course, you lost Mackay Becton for the year, um, who was looking like a pretty solid left tackle. Um, and then they pick up Elijah, Elijah Vera Tucker in this past year's draft, who's looked very good so far. Um, in the middle, you got Connor McGovern, um, right guard Van, uh, Greg Van Roten, and then on the right tackle Morgan Moses. Um, so, like I said, that with Mackay Becton and Elijah Vera Tucker both holding down the left side, I feel like that was a much form- more formidable group. Um, you could really attack the left side in the run game and know the holes were going to be there. Um, Becton gets replaced by George Fant, who's I think he's a solid, reliable veteran in this league, but. Going into the season, it obviously wasn't their plan there to be starting him. So I think he's been doing a pretty good job, but when you're trying to fill the shoes of Mackay Becton and and the steps that he's been taking so far in this league, I, I think you have quite the uphill battle. And then on the right side, I, I, it kind of slides down the scale for me of, I think Vera Tucker has played really well and... That being said, he's still a rookie, and he's still going to make some rookie mistakes. You get to McGovern. He's a pretty good average to good uh, NFL center. And then the right side of the line just kind of leaves something to be desired there. Um, So I think the Jets are pretty good at using quick offense with Mike White in as quarterback. Um, But if you have Zach Wilson back there and he's trying to go for some of those home run balls... Um, this is a line that's given up 24 sacks thus far this season, and 19 of those were with Zach Wilson in the pocket. Um, so I think it's a situation where the line is playing okay, but also having the rookie quarterback 
back there not trusting his eyes or looking for longer developing plays and not moving off his first option. Probably getting them in a situation where he's he's holding on to the ball a bit too long. Uh, I think if we see Mike White back there, the ball's going to be coming out fast. Uh, if we see Zach Wilson back there, I think this might be an opportunity to kind of get the defensive line back on track, maybe register a couple sacks. Um, we've seen Mario Addison now in two consecutive games register a sack, which if you told me that at the beginning of the season, I, I would have been very shocked and surprised. Uh, I didn't really expect much out of Addison this year, but he seems to have uh, he seems to have found a little bit of a more promising role in his limited snaps and the pass rushing duties that he's been doing. So maybe this is a week where he can uh, rattle off another one and keep the streak going. That's going to wrap it up for the off- offensive side of the ball. Uh, We're going to take a quick break, and we're going to jump back in with the defensive side. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. We're going to dive back in, and we're going to start by looking at the defensive line for the Jets. Um, So we have John Franklin Myers, Sheldon Rankins, Quinnen Williams, and of course, former Buffalo Bill Shaq Lawson. Um, So... We'll start with this group by a guy that I didn't mention, and that's Carl Lawson. And I think he was a really big loss for this team. Um, In the offseason, they brought him in to be that edge rusher for him, the real marquee name. And, of course, he goes down with an injury um, before the season even starts, so they never get to see his impact on the field. Um, So you have John Franklin Myers there. Um, Similar situation with with Mikai Becton injury um, where this is a guy who's, who's getting by out there, but it wasn't the plan going into the season. Um, they really made moves in free agency to bring in uh, Carl Lawson. And then fortunately for, you know, other teams, but unfortunately for, for him, you know, he just was never able to see the field this year. Um, that being said, I think the jets do have a really good defensive line and the marquee name there for me is Quinn and Williams. Um, we're going to have a little little storyline to this game. Um, Ed Oliver and Quinn and Williams were both uh, taken in the same draft, uh, defensive tackle. Um, Quinn and Williams is he's the game-changing type of D-tackle. He can fill up the middle and really clog up running lanes, take on two blockers. Um, but he also gets penetration himself. Um, he's registered four and a half sacks himself this year. Um, and then next to him is Sheldon Rankins, who's a very good defensive tackle in his own right. Um, he has two, two sacks himself as well. Um, so this is, this is the matchup that gives me the most concern going into this game against the Jets. Um, and that's a lot based on how much we've struggled with our interior offensive line this year. Um, now, McDermott did say today that he expects Spencer Brown to be practicing on Wednesday. Um, so hopefully we have him back um, this week. We can kick Daryl Williams back inside. And then the only real real glaring area of weakness we have is at the left guard spot. And who knows what we end up doing there. Um, but I think it's going to be really pivotal to get Spencer Brown back because if we trot out that same 
same offensive line we had against the Jaguars, I think we're going to really struggle to stop Quinta Williams and Sheldon Rankins. And then on the end, you have Shaq Lawson, who I think he's a pretty good NFL starter. Um, We haven't really seen him have the same production as he did in Buffalo. Um, He obviously had that one real, real breakout season uh, amidst some, you know, mediocre seasons that net him a nice free agency contract and bounced over to Miami. Now he's with the Jets. Um, He's not a guy that, you know, keeps me up at night as a passer, um, but he is really good on the edge on maintaining the edge, um, playing run defense. And that's a guy that I think while he might not just straight up get after Josh Allen, he's definitely going to serve a role in trying to hem Josh into the pocket. Um, we know Josh likes to roll out to the right and kind of break contain and make make plays out of structure that way. Um, not saying he won't have his chances to win that battle, um, but I think Shaq Lawson is the type of DN that kind of limits limits what Josh likes to do rolling to the right. Um, then going into the linebackers, we have Delshawn Phillips, C.J. Mosley, and Quincy Williams. Not a group that really brings fear to me, um, although C.J. Mosley is an absolute freak. Um, Delshawn Phillips, former Buffalo Bill, we kind of know who he is, um, having seen him play in Buffalo. I think he was doing a good job and kind of threatening to crack the roster here, um, but just with our depth, he wasn't able to make it. Um, and he still is kind of a reserve linebacker for them. Uh, we see him come in um, due to an injury with Blake Cashman. So, again, another position where the Jets are kind of on their second plan. And Delshawn Phillips was never really supposed to be a starter for this team. And I think he's doing a, a decent enough job out there. But Blake Cashman is just clearly a better player than him. And putting him next to C.J. Mosley is where, you know, it can cause some problems for an offense. Um, C.J. Mosley and himself, I I remember the game, I think it was two years ago, maybe it was one year ago, or we're playing the Jets and we're down 16 nothing, and it just seems like everything that went wrong was something C.J. Mosley did to us. He had uh, pick six, I believe that was like off Andre Roberts' hips, hip I think there was a fumble recovery in there maybe a strip sack it just he was terrorizing us on everything we tried to do and he ends up going out in that game and and suffers an injury and we end up winning that game I think it was 17 to 16 and I don't want to say it was all to do with CJ Mosley going out but we certainly weren't finding an answer to him when he was on the field and he comes off the field and all of a sudden our, our offense ignited. So definitely somebody that I'm watching out for. And that's the kind of guy that you need to, to game plan for. And you need to be aware of where he is on the field at all times. Um, Cause he will cause problems for you. And then I lumped in um, Hampson Nasser Aldean here as well. Um, he gets the linebacker tag, but he's kind of that, Big nickel, linebacker, safety hybrid. And I just wanted to mention him here. It's like, again, going back to some of our draft episodes. 
Um, this is a guy that I really wanted the Bills to take a look at, and he hasn't had much impact on the Jets yet. He hasn't really had a ton of chances, um, but with some injuries to their secondary, specifically their safeties, and the season kind of going down the tubes here, I wouldn't be surprised if we start seeing more looks for him. And just a guy to to keep an eye on, I think, with the right coaching and time on task, I think he could end up being being a threat that we have to deal with going forward. So just keep an eye out for him throughout the rest of the season. Um, when we move into the cornerbacks, this is a group that, to be completely honest, I don't have a ton of familiarity with. Um, they have some some younger guys back there. Um, you have the other Michael Carter, Michael Carter Jr., um, you have Brandon Eccles, Bryce Hall, and it's just a group that you hear the names and Brandon Eccles has played decently, um, but definitely a departure from some of the people that they've had back there um, in the past, um, where you used to think secondary was kind of a strength of this team. It seems like the, the front office has kind of gone a similar direction as the Bills where they're prioritizing the front seven and particularly the defensive line in the pass rush and getting after the quarterback and limiting teams that way. Um, it seems like the secondary either by choice or just out of a lack of assets just hasn't quite caught up. And then getting into the safeties, definitely two guys back there that they weren't planning on, on playing much football this year. Um, again, the injury bug sh- strikes them. So they're going to have Ashton Davis and Sherrod Niesman out there. Um, unfortunately for them, again, like I said, injuries here. Um, but they are without LaMarcus Joyner and just lost Marcus May for the year um, with an Achilles injury. And I think the big one here for me is Marcus May. Um, but the two of them together made up a pretty good pretty solid safety tandem and Marcus May going into his I believe this is his age 30 season and the Achilles injury is hard to come back from for anybody let alone you know uh, an aging safety with how much lateral movement they have to do the change of direction and He's also a player that was playing under the franchise tag, so tough shake for him. I'm I'm not saying I'm upset that I won't see him on the field on Sunday, um, but who knows if we even see him with the Jets going forward. You know, they already didn't want to commit to a long-term contract with him and bringing him back on the franchise tag. And then an injury like this, it just it's a long timetable for recovery and I think it might be a situation where maybe as the season goes, maybe this is where we see uh, Nasser Aldean, like I talked about earlier, play a little bit more safety than the linebacker role, and, and they see what they have in him. And honestly don't know if we see Marcus May come back for the Jets, and I feel like that's a really unfortunate loss if I was a fan of that franchise because I feel like he... He was a little bit slow to develop and kind of got overshadowed by uh, Jamal Adams playing with him and kind of as he took on 
uh, bigger role in that defense. He was he was really making strides and playing pretty good football. So, like I said, the the secondary is not one that gives me a ton of concerns, but I can honestly say I felt similar going up against Jacksonville. So, I think this matchup all comes down to our offensive line versus their defensive line and whether or not our line is able to keep Josh clean enough against some of these big guys. Um, in particular, I'm looking at Quinton Williams and and CJ Mosley if he's coming on some blitzes or um, doing some disguised coverages. Just what our line can do to keep Josh clean and able to make good decisions. Um, that being said, I think that this is a game where uh, Shaquille Griffin said it after after the game against the Jaguars that they were just looking over at the sideline and they weren't feeling the intensity from the Bills and they felt like they were out there as the only team that wanted it. Um, paraphrasing here, of course. Um, but I, I think this is a classic uh, get-right game, if you will, and... I think McDermott is going to be on their asses this week. And if we don't see this team come out fired up after taking an embarrassing loss like that, I don't know what else could really be the wake-up call. You know, we've heard it a couple times this season. You're like, oh, the Steelers game, well, that'll be a wake-up call. They should have beat that team. And, oh, the Titans, you know, that was that was a close game. That'll be a wake-up call that they're always going to get everybody's best shot. For me, that Jacksonville game is that has to be the wake up call of you know you went out there and you lost to them. It's a it's it's a cliche for a reason. You know, it really is any given Sunday. Any team can win or lose to any team any given week. Um, but just on paper and the level of talent and experience we have on this team, that's not a game that we should go out and lose. Um, so I feel, I feel like the Jets are going to feel the wrath of the Bills just trying to get back on track and and really come out fired up. I think the defense is going to be really buzzing and thumping. They played a great game, but you know, at the end of the day, you know they're feeling like maybe we could have got another turnover or another key sack or something like that that could have really helped the offense out on a day that they were struggling. Um, so my prediction for this game is as we see some big performances um, from guys that we haven't really seen blow up yet this year per se, uh, I think Stefan Diggs, I think he goes over 100 yards, brings in a touchdown. Uh, I think with the run game struggles that we've had, maybe we see a little bit more of like the Isaiah McKenzie jet sweep, um, maybe not even running the play a ton, but just using that motion to kind of spread them a little bit laterally and and make them think about covering sideline to sideline. Uh, end of the day, I, I have the Bills winning in a pretty convincing fashion, but still being fairly tight. Um, put this one at like 20, 28-17. Um, the Bills have the ball in the final possession and, you know, could possibly go down and score, but happy to go away with, with the win there. Um, that being said, my, my prediction kind of adjusts on, on 
what quarterback we have back there. So it's kind of hard to predict what's what the outcome is going to look like when we're not even sure who their starting quarterback will be. Uh, but that's going to wrap it up for tonight's episode, the preview of the New York Jets. Thanks for hanging out with us tonight. Um, like I said, we're on the Built-in Buffalo Network. Definitely go over there and check out some of the shows if you want a little bit more content during the week. Uh, you can always find The Wandering Buffalo on any podcast platform, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can find us on YouTube. Just search The Wandering Buffalo. You can find my partner in crime, Andrew, on social medias at 2 Changs, And you can find myself at jgods22. Thanks for joining us, and go Bills! <laughs>